0: From the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta, welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God.
1: Let's pray together. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks this day. Thanks for the opportunity to come together to be your people as sisters and brothers in Christ gathered here in this room or gathered here online. Maybe we're listening later this week, and God, we ask that you open our hearts and our minds by the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit, that we keep you in the center of our minds and in the center of our hearts, that we keep the birth of your Son as front and center in this season that we celebrate your coming to earth, that we celebrate your life, your death and resurrection, that we celebrate you coming wrapped in flesh to join us, to connect with us, to be your people. And God, this morning, we, we recognize that we haven't always done your way. We've not always followed your will. And God, right here in this time of silence, we come to you and we, we offer our confession. We confess our sins to you. And Lord, as we gather, help us to know that it is through your Son, Jesus Christ, that we are forgiven. God, as we come together as your people, as we bring our voices, we bring our whole selves, our minds, our bodies, our spirit, join us together in the prayer that you taught us to pray, saying together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
2: The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 26 to 56. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death, Before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon told him, took him in his arms, and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation Of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There also was a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years. After her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, They returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when Jesus was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey, and then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions." And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. And Jesus said to them, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: This is the fourth week of a four-week sermon series called Characters at the Crèche. Throughout this Advent season, we've elevated particular characters within the birth stories of Jesus, beginning with the uh, angels and then uh, with the shepherd, then with Joseph last week, and today we focus on Mary. Uh, The main Mary text is one you're going to hear on Christmas Eve. We've uh, sort of skipped ahead in the story a little bit, but But for an important reason, what I wanted to elevate here in the text that Katie read for us this morning and really will be at the heart of the of the sermon today uh, is this notion that Mary treasured all these things in her heart. And what is it that she treasured? What, What was it that that she held in her heart? And what I believe she held was from the time the angel Gabriel came to her and through this time and then throughout Jesus' ministry, what she treasures in her heart is the truth and the reality of who this child actually is. The song Mary, Did You Know?, is a perfect uh, song and segue to the sermon this morning as she continues to experience and hear the prophets uh, 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 of Simeon and Anna confirm what the angel Gabriel has told her, she treasures in her heart that she is actually bearing or has born into the world the light of the world. She treasures in her heart that Jesus Christ, her baby boy, is the light we've been waiting for. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you break open this ancient word afresh to us this day, change us, shape us through it. And most importantly, Lord, would you allow your light to break into the darkness that we experience even now, that we would see it and it would lead us, even Jesus the Christ. That's in his name that we pray, amen. Well, Sarah and Cole are a young couple in our congregation. Back in 2018, Katie did their premarital counseling and I was able to do their wedding. And I got an email from Sarah this past Wednesday sharing a very tender story. After trying for some time, Sarah became pregnant. And on December 23rd of last year, so December 23rd, 2020, she went in for an eight week ultrasound. And because of COVID protocols, her husband, Cole, couldn't go with her. So he was still at home. And after the ultrasound had, had, had began, the technician asked Sarah if she would like to call Cole, uh, to FaceTime him, to include him uh, in this experience and in this conversation. And so excitedly, she, she picked up her phone. And, and what she realized right away uh, is that she had a text message from Cole. It was right there on, on her home screen. And 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 it was a a picture of a photo of uh, the Christmas ornament that we as a church sent to every member household. You remember this ornament that we sent everyone? I know it's on your tree right now. (laughs) We sent a Christmas ornament to everyone. Cole had snapped a shot of it, sent it to her, and said this came from the church today. And then he took a picture of the accompanying line and and the verse that we included from session. And it's a verse that we often hear in this. Season from the Gospel of John, the first chapter, verse 5. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. She called Cole after reading the text, put him on speaker, and they waited for the technician and the doctor to come back to the room to tell the young couple what they had observed via the ultrasound. The doctor came in and said, I have some very difficult news to share with you. Your baby has stopped growing and their heartbeat is barely detectable. They said, I'm sorry, but the child won't survive. As you can imagine, this young couple was absolutely devastated. Sarah checked out and began the long walk to the parking deck to retrieve her car all by herself, Cole. Still at home. She said the only thing that she could think about as she tried to put one foot in front of the other was this verse that Cole had just sent her, the verse that we as a church sent them. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness shall not overcome it. She kept repeating it to herself over and over and over again, saying that that was the strength that she needed just to make her way home. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The next evening, of course, was December 24th, Christmas Eve. And Sarah and Cole came to worship for one of our Christmas Eve services. And of course, when you come to a Christmas Eve service, you hear John 1.5 read a lot. In fact, I opened the service with those words, A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Sarah immediately started to cry, feeling the heaviness and the heartbreaking weight of losing this pregnancy. At the same time, she said she felt God's presence in a strange way that she felt as if God was right there sitting next to her and Cole holding them in this solemn time of worship. Sometimes those of us who've never experienced firsthand the loss of a child or the loss of a pregnancy, how hard it is to show up in this season of Advent when all we're talking about is a baby being born for us. She Held on to that verse once more. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And she lived in this tension and this space that many of us know very well, acknowledging the reality of the darkness and waiting for the light to break in. Naming the heaviness and the heartbreak, and naming that God is with us even still. Bringing light even in our darkest hours. She wrote that that verse carried her throughout this entire year. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And she finished her email with these words. She said, this Christmas, I'll be holding our newly arrived baby girl, Miriam Clare. She was born a month early on November 1st but in perfect health and with no complications. We're so grateful for God's blessings, but we are so thankful, to, and we're also thankful, rather, to First Prez and to you. In one of the darkest hours of my life, the Lord brought the words I needed to hear, the words that allowed me to find hope and feel love. And now we are reminded again of God's grace, hope, and love every moment that we hold our dear Miriam. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. One of the most important features of the Christmas story, and it's its evidenced throughout the gospel narratives, the New Testament, and the Hebrew Bible, is the way in which the story is told, not glossing over the darkness. That the darkness is real and it's prevalent and that we experience darkness, and it ebbs and flows in our life, but that the good news of the gospel is that God is making a way in and through the darkness, that God's light is breaking through. This is a powerful testimony to both the reality of the darkness and the reality that God is present and work in, and at work in the darkness, working to overcome it. And it's something that we needed. we need, rather, to be reminded of not just at, at Christmas time, but but in every season of our lives. But since it is Christmas time, I can't help but to marvel, and maybe some of you made this connection as well already. I can't help but to marvel at the resonance with this new baby born into our church family who will go by the name Miriam, which is of course the name of the one who will quite literally bear God's light. Into a dark world. For Miriam is the Hebrew and Aramaic name for Mary. And Mary, of course, is the mother of the Christ child. And the name Miriam, the name Mary, uh, scholars believe, finds its origin in ancient Egypt. And many believe that the origin of the meaning of that name is beloved, favored, loved. And Mary, of course, we meet her time and time again. We meet her as the favored one. She's chosen for a unique purpose. She is the beloved of God who will bear the light we need to see even in the midst of our, dark, our darkest hour. The light that is breaking into the darkness and the light that has guaranteed for us that it will not be overcome or overthrown or overruled in our life. And that's the message of hope that we all gather around and rally around in this season of of Advent, that the light that Mary bears into the world is a light for you and a light for me. And even though the darkness is strong, and I know for many of you, the darkness is strong even in this hour. And even though the darkness may be swirling around you, the light of God is on the move. Trusting that such a thing is true can can of course prove to be difficult when we can't see our own hand in front of our face or or when the hour is the, the, the darkest, like it was for Sarah and Cole in that time, and, and when the moon and the stars are, are covered by the clouds of our experience, and yet and yet we are given a model of trust in Mary, the beloved one, the favored one, the, the chosen one, believing that, that God's word is true that light is breaking in, even into the darkest moment. I love the way that C.S. Lewis puts it. He says, Jesus Christ is like the sun. Not only do I look at him and see his reality, but by him, I see everything else. By him, I see everything else. Through his light, I interpret my life and the events of the world. A light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. As member Dorothy Sussman wrote in Saturday's Congregation-Wide Devotion, she said, Jesus, the light of the world, stretches out his hand and we can walk with him, our miraculous companion, in hope on this journey. Friends, Mary historically birthed this light into the world and in this season, we wait once more in our own lives to have that light be born in us afresh, to break through the darkness that we experience even now and to light our way and to see the world the way God has asked us to see it. A light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Amen.
2: Let us continue in a spirit of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, your light shines in our darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And as we draw close to you again in worship this morning, as we seek your presence, may we also embrace the joy that is all around us. The music that stirs our souls, a church family that walks together and encourages one another, that seeks to look beyond ourselves and serve those who are in need, those who are hurting and not seen. God, unite us together as this local body of Christ. As we walk together, care for one another and reach out to the places that you call us. And we thank you for the families of all different kinds that will be gathering together in these coming days. Would your love and your light be seen through us in all the different people we get to encounter? We pray that others might see you in us and God we take just a few moments as we join our hearts and we pray for the people all around your world the places where there is violence and war where people are hurting and hungry and not safe We pray for you to continue to be at work through your people, God, and to intervene in miraculous ways, bringing all these things we pray for, for peace and comfort and strength. Lord, hear our silent prayers of intercession. We lift these prayers to you and pray this all in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.
3: a child is born unto us a son is given